0: So in today's uh, section of the uh, Torah reading um, we actually read about most of the tribes, the sons of Israel, of Jacob, were born in this week's, in today's portion of the Chumash. Out of the twelve sons, there were eight of them born in this week's, uh, in this week's uh, portion. And um, when one thinks about uh, Jacob's children, and the challenges that he had, one realizes a very uh, a fascinating uh, concept over here that while uh, Jacob lived sort of in exile, he was outside of Israel, he was in Choron, and he lived in the, uh, with a family of deceptors, the deceivers. These were actually his uncles and their families over there. But Laban, as we see in the portion, as we read earlier and uh, yesterday and the whole story, we see that uh, Laban wasn't a honest man and neither were the whole group of people over there. And yet, one stands and is astonished and sees that uh, Yaakov was able to raise all of his children uh, they turned out to be the twelve tribes the foundation, the seed of all the Jewish people so he was outside of Israel the probability when you have more children that something should go wrong seems to increase with the number of children you have and yet while Yitzchak had two children uh, Esau and Yaakov Yaakov was a Tzaddik but Esau was a Russia. same thing goes for Abraham. Abraham had two children. He had Yishmael and Yitzchak. Uh, and Yitzchak uh, was a Tzaddik, and Yishmael was a rush. Okay, Yishmael did Tshuva at the end. But, okay, and then Abraham had other children later on, but none of them, it didn't seem that none of them worked. It was only one son of Abraham that went in the path, which was Yitzchak. It was only one son of Yitzchak that went in the path, which is Yaakov. And, Yaakov has 12 children and they all follow the path of Yaakov. And where were they born? They were all born outside of Israel. They weren't born in the, uh, sort of in the sheltered environment next to Yitzchok, next to the comfort of their home. They left their home and over there they succeeded. Uh, In a certain sense, as you know that uh, the Rebbe advocated that the uh, shaluchim, they should go out, they should leave the uh, central uh, locations where there is a a large number of of Jews, of religious Jews and religious institutions that cater to all the needs and he sent them away in the far-fledged corners of the world and where Yiddishkeit is scarce is very little Um, knowledge of very little accommodation for this type of lifestyle. And, you know, some people argued that if it's Vayetze Yaakov, if Yaakov has to leave, you leave your environment, you know, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to, to them? Maybe the environment they live in is going to actually impact them, that they're going to be losing their... Uh, their ideals and their uh, hashkofe and their way of life that they were taught. But just like by Yaakov, in this story in the Chumash, you see that actually the contrary is true. That Yaakov actually succeeded in the foreign land with Lavan, and yet he was able to make sure that his children were uh, strong. And that comes as, a, as Rashi explains to us that before he went to Choran, he hid for 14 years in the house of Aver, which he studied Torah. He says, Nitman, he hid over there because when he escaped from asaph he sort of realized, and what we see is that the material wealth and the guarantees that the uh, financial stability and uh, success isn't yet going to quite cut it because Yitzchak came from a wealthy, um, Yaakov came from a wealthy family. Yitzchak was wealthy and Yaakov was wealthy but then we know as he was traveling, Eliphaz the son of Esav chased after Yaakov and Yaakov lost everything but Makli of Arti was left with his staff. So he saw that all the security the financial security that built up is really not something that you can really rely on. And then the recognition came that is the Torah, the eternal Torah and the connection with God. Those 14 years that he spent and he was fully involved. Nitman. Nitman means he was hid or he was covered. Nitman also means like when you're covered, meaning he was fully absorbed in the Torah that he learned. He had that preparation, those 14 years. And then he put these stones around his head to make sure that his head will be protected, that his ideas will stay strong. He prepared himself mentally and emotionally and intellectually for the journey that he's going to do. And then with Hashem's help, with Zayaita Deshmaya, he was able not only to protect himself, but make sure that his all of his children and the Am Yisrael comes from there. And the same thing is true... In the modern times, we like to equate this, that the shaluchim that the Rebbe sent out to all the different parts of the world, Baruch Hashem, not only do they stay strong, but they bring all their families, not only their physical families, but also the spiritual families, all those people that they influenced, that they were able to bring closer to God and to Yiddishkeit. And there's no greater pleasure... To Hashem, to Kodesh Baruch Hu, than to bring his child back home. And that's the job, to go ahead and find Yidden and try to bring them back to there. And we have with us also today, Rabbi Shevach, who's here. And it's hard to imagine in, uh, in Kazakhstan, in some far-fledged corner over there. And there are Jews that settled there. He gave me a little bit of the history. We drove back together from, from the Kinos Hashlochem on... Sunday morning, we kept each other company so we wouldn't fall asleep. Chazav shalom by the wheel, so uh, he gave me a little bit of a history about where the Jews come, how the Jews come in Kazakhstan, and you have some from the Sephardic communities, have some from the Ashkenazi community that settled over there. But for me, even it's hard to comprehend one person alone to be there in a big city and not have any support in his own children. They have to send them to. Israel, to the United States, online schools—all different kinds of ways, just to the uh, minimal amount of trying to educate your children. And it's mamish with mesiras nefesh. It's real self-sacrifice. It's not a convenient. It's not a easy shlichus. It's not a something which, you know, if you take a look, you know, you come to Sharon or you come to another. That's a, that's pretty easy. You know, Baruch Hashem, you can get go into. Uh, and the shaws, and you can get everything. Chal of Yisrael, you get everything you want. So there's no shortage. Bar Hashem. But there are places which they don't have all these things. You know, they have have a shaykh it has to over there, their own. They make their own thing. It's a it's a it's a hard physical life, but yet they're devoted and they're dedicated, and they really do wondrous wondrous work, and they are bringing you know hundreds and thousands of people closer. Even not everybody turns out to be, you know, uh, a chassid, but everybody to their level gains a little bit, and that's to the credit of the rebbe and to the shluchim. So I know that uh, Reb Shavach is here. He's trying to raise some funds to help him out financially. I think it's a big mitzvah and it's a privilege actually uh, to be able to be part of such a great, uh, such great activities because. You know, not everybody can actually do this, and I'm not sure everybody wants to do this, but if there's somebody ready to do the work that we all should be doing, the least we can do is support his efforts over there. So please, if you can, and uh, big mitzvah, especially we're talking about Kislev, and to all the uh, celebrations, if you can, please support him in a generous way. And Hashem will certainly... Pay you back that you will see that whatever you give for tzedakah, God pays back doubles and quadruples, and you'll have all with all the blessings that Hashem gives.